Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And every week we kind of gather around and we kind of just talk about things that usually are based on women. But I've got to tell you, Rachel, there's been a lot of guys that have come up to me at concerts and events lately and said, they've whispered it to me. I know that Encouragement Cafe is supposed to be for my wife, but I listen without fail every week. And they, they don't want to admit it, but I think it's kind of funny because honestly, the things that we talk about are universal. They really are things that if the guys understand where the girls are coming from, I'm, I think we might all be better off. So we're coming into the holidays. And so we all have this heightened awareness of how we need to be thankful and give back. And we know that God says to love him and to love others. So we say, oh, I've got I've to pick a, a child off the tree and buy a gift. I've got to give more to the food bank. Maybe my family and I can serve a Thanksgiving dinner at the homeless shelter. We all try to grapple with what is it God wants us to do during this season, this holiday season. First of all, ask Rachel, um, is that just us or has that happened in your community too? Oh, that this time of year is when we are the most giving and the most concerned about helping the poor? Absolutely. I mean, uh, as Christians, we do strive to bring our tithes and offerings, you know, to to the church and to help year round. But absolutely, I think it's just um, natural that we all become more interested in this uh, when we come through Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, I just think that we are we have this this awareness that wow, you know, God came to earth, gave us the greatest gift of his son. And so we've got to think about others. And so we we scramble and we we try to do the things that we know we can do without hurting our own families. My church, I just love, they have such a giving heart, but I remember when my kids were in high school, We would always make these trips to West Virginia. And there was a group there that uh, somehow someone from our church was related to some folks back in the West Virginia Hills. And so our church, with the right heart, wanted to go help. And it was a very poor area. All the coal mines had shut down and there was no work. And so people were just living day to day trying to figure out how to make it and I remember our church we would pack up all these Thanksgiving meals we would pack up clothes and all kinds of goodies and we would take van loads into the hills of West Virginia and we would get out and we would look and hand out all of this stuff to these folks who kind of had this look in their eye like they were grateful but ashamed and I my heart would hurt and I didn't understand what was going on you know I want I thought we were helping and I'll never forget this one young girl and she was probably the first time I went maybe in fifth or sixth grade 
And I went three years in a row with our church. And every year I felt a little more desperate because I said, oh, it just feels so overwhelming. You know, the, the, the poverty and the hopelessness I see in their eyes. And even though they were going to church, they just had this look of helplessness. And I remember the third year I went, I watched the same young girl move from smiles on her face when we first brought toys and a turkey that first time to that last time looking like something was dreadfully wrong in her life. And so she was probably in middle school. And Rachel, everything in me wanted to grab her and just take her home with me and say, sweetheart, I want to show you there's another way to live. So I, got, I became burdened, and, and I said, can't we do something that's lasting? Can't we take one of these children from the homes and say, hey, would you like to come and, and stay for the summer and let us get you um, get ready for school next year and let, let's show you a different way of life? I really didn't know how to help in a way that would be meaningful and would be life-changing. But I remember feeling that sense of, it's bigger than me. And I can still cry thinking that that young girl, I don't know, I don't know what happened to her. But I feel like every year we have a tendency to do that same thing. If God calls us to help the poor then we have to understand the dynamics of what's involved with that. Because when we walk into their world, we don't, we can't walk in as superior because God is making it so crystal clear that, Rachel, we are all broken and we all require a Savior. Wherever God is calling us, we have to ask God, Lord, Help me to not hurt them in the process. Because I think so many times, like I witnessed in West Virginia, every year their, their smiles turned more and more to this hopeless look of, I don't know how to get out of this situation. I'm not even sure where to begin. And when we walk into helping someone, we have to say, Lord, help me see their perspective of their situation right now. So that as I help them, I point them not to us, not to our church, not to the turkey we're giving them or the gift that we're giving them. Lord, help me to help them see that you are the reason to have purpose in life. And we start there. And then we start building on their immediate needs and how to make their life altered in a way that will be life-sustaining. Well, you know, I do love that we become so generous at the holidays. It's part of what makes 
the holidays the most wonderful time of the year, as we call it. You know, people do become a little happier and a little kinder and a little more generous. And um, that's an impulse that I want to nurture in myself and my family, my church and others. But you're right, sometimes um, we can lose that impulse because we can become so frustrated that the help or the charity that we're trying to offer, it just feels like it's, you know, pouring a, a cup of water into the, the, the Grand Canyon or something. I'm reminded of a, a story that Ernesto Ceroli uh, once told. He's an Italian man. He's um, very involved in world missions and... Um, and relief and so he tell, t tells this story about it when he was a young man he was going to go and help in Africa um, you know Africa being one of the poorer you know um, places on earth and there's much need there and you know they're they're not in the second or first world in many ways and so he decided that he was taking this team and they were going to go and they were going to help in Africa and so he he goes to um, the area where the Zambazi River is and it's a beautiful fertile river valley and he looks around and he's thinking oh gosh this is a perfect place um, to grow crops. I can't believe they don't have any agriculture here. So he gets, you know, seeds for beautiful Italian tomatoes and zucchini and brings them in and says to the local people, good news, I've got seeds. We're going to put them in the ground and they're going to grow. Y'all come help me plant. I'll teach you how. And, uh, and no one showed up. And so then he offered to pay them to, to work, to plant. And so, uh, you know, good news. If you'll come learn how to plant these, we'll pay you for your time. And sometimes a few people would show up. And he didn't know how to make sense of that. You know, they were amazed that, um, that not only did they not already have agriculture going, but they didn't seem to respond to the promise of getting it going. And so um, he thought to himself, you know, oh, Thank God we're here just in the nick of time to save the Zambian people from starvation. And so the relief workers from, from Italy planted the seeds and watered the crops. And, um, you know, the rainy season came and the sun came out and the crops grew beautiful tomatoes and beautiful zucchini. Um, and they were getting so excited and they thought to themselves, you know, well, once the locals see this, they'll get, they'll get it, you know, and they'll be so appreciative. And then they'll want to learn how to do it themselves. And so just when the tomatoes were nice and big and ripe, just at their peak, um, harvest season is upon us, overnight some 200 hippos came up from out of the river and ate everything. Oh no. <laughs> And so, you know, they, they said to the, to the locals, to the Zambians, oh, dear Lord, the hippos, they ate everything. And the Zambians calmly nodded, yes, that is why we have no agriculture here. Oh, my. <laughs> and Ernesto says, why didn't you tell us about the hippos? And they said, you never asked. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the very first thing that is required is the reason that we were created in the first place. It's relationship. You know, if they would have built a relationship with the people and just had an understanding of 
what they need and why they struggle. If you try to first build that relationship, here's a, here's a quote from the book that I'm reading right now. It's a path forward is found not through providing resources to the poor, but by walking with them in humble relationships. I believe that the reason I am compelled this week to talk about how we help the poor is so that we will realize we are also poor and wretched and sinners. And it's only by the grace of God that we are not walking in the shoes of the people that are that we're helping. I mean, it's only by the grace of God that we were born in America. It's only by the grace of God that we have churches that we go to that that reach out and help the poor. So as we're preparing to help, uh, my first my first conviction in my heart is, Lord, may I see how poor I am at doing life right all the time. God, without your son, I would not be able to take another step. So Lord, let me see that and recognize that and appreciate you being in my life before I can even go help someone else. And then God, may I find the people that you have put in my path and come alongside them, not tower over them, not make them feel like they are less than, but to say, you know what? I want to walk side by side with you and and see how I can best help. Because isn't that what the Acts Church did? Isn't it cool the way that if you go back and you read the very first church, how they all came together and nobody was wanting for anything because everybody just said, hey, let's pitch in and do this thing called life together. You know, when we look at at the uh, early church in the book of Acts and how they um, operated, they were, as you were saying earlier, they were very much in relationship with one another, in community with one another. They met needs because they they knew precisely what the specific need was. They knew the person that they were helping. And so um, their, their giving was very targeted and very effective in that sense. Now, today we're in a much larger world and we're trying to help people that we've never met before um, in, in our own communities, even with, you know, you, you've referenced the angel tree, um, you know, where they have uh, children, you know, represented on, uh, as an ornament on the tree who maybe don't have a lot of money or their parents might be, um, you know, ill or passed away or incarcerated and the child's not likely to receive many presents. And so, you know, the community will, will step in and, and get those children some gifts, which is a, a nice thing. But we're also trying to help, you know, people in in Texas with hurricane relief or people in Florida or Haiti or Puerto Rico, you know, with with relief, people we've never met in places we've never been and, and likely never will be. And so then it's harder for us to necessarily know what is the specific targeted need and to meet that. And, um, you know, I following, you know, this year's tragedies uh, with the hurricanes in um, Houston and, and Puerto Rico, I started seeing uh, various articles put out 
um, by, you know, by news, by NBC, and, you know, also by organizations like UNICEF and the Red Cross. And what was happening is people were sending what they thought would be a good gift or what they wanted to send or maybe just what they had extras of. But um, they were being overwhelmed with things like stuffed animals um, which is a sweet impulse, but uh, not really what's mm-hmm. needed in Puerto Rico. And stuffed animals will very quickly, you know, um, absorb mold and, and, and things like that. Just, you know, not the even, you know, toys might not be the first pressing issue, but certainly not that wasn't the best kind of toy to send either. So, again, not to discourage anybody's impulse to give, but to say, hey, let's be great stewards of our giving. Let's let's make our giving um, targeted and, and specific and mm-hmm. effective as we can so that it's not just a quick, oh, it's fun to take this angel off this tree and buy a gift and tuck it under. But, hey, maybe we could be a little more involved and find out. Maybe we can meet the people that are in need. And maybe we can ask, you know, in addition to this gift, what might you need? That's incredibly uh, important to find out where they're coming from. And, you know, uh, there are like three different ways that we typically help people. It's like in the relief, in the immediate moment. Like it's, it's desperate, they need us, and that's what we saw with the hurricanes. And then there's the rehabilitation part. You know, how can we help them get back on their feet and, and help make sure that they have a, a, a living, you know, because a lot of times their businesses are wiped out. And so how can we, how can we best help them? And then as the next stage is developing them into the kind of leaders that then turn around and help others. So there's so many different ways that we can help those in need without hurting them. I want to crack open a door and tell you something that's happening at Encouragement Cafe that we never dreamed, never thought of, and we know that God is behind it. Last year, the ra- some of the radio stations that we are on came together, and we were part of that, to help put some radio towers in South Sudan. And the reason we did that was because there were Ugandan rebels crossing the border, and kidnapping the women and children. And so in 2016, thousands of women and children were saved because those radio towers would broadcast into the villages, they've crossed the border, run and hide. And it was helping them with an immediate need. And then they started discovering why. Why did we do this? Well, it's because there is a God in heaven who sees their plight and understands what they're going through and is sending people to help them understand who he is. And this year, God has opened a door for Encouragement Cafe to come alongside a group in Uganda. Now, Rachel... How in the world could we manufacture this? We couldn't. But God opens doors for us to help in ways that we never saw coming. And I I will tell you more about this whole Uganda thing, but I want 
verse to say God will open doors for each one of us, not just in the holidays to help people, but throughout the year. But we have to be ready and willing and open to maybe something more than just giving a turkey. Well, I like the word open that you used right there, because sometimes I think when we um, do some of the things that we do every year, uh, we're not necessarily open. We're just doing it out of sort of ritual um, and and checking it off the list. I I donated the turkey or I I did the angel tree or the shoebox or whatever it is. I really like the word open because that means we're going to be responsive to whatever God might put in our path and not just do what's on our traditional to-do list. In Proverbs 31, verse 20, as it describes the virtuous woman, it says she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. And so I would encourage us to think about being open to meeting specific needs of people that God um, gives us the opportunity to bless. Well, it is always a surprise when we pray and we say, God, I want to be yours. I want to be totally surrendered to you. And, you know, that's kind of scary. And I think I've told you this before. My husband, about 20 years ago, we were in a sermon, listened to a sermon, and the preacher was talking, are you totally surrendered? And that night in bed, I said, honey, are you totally surrendered? Do you think you are? And he said, no. I was like, really? He said, no, I'm afraid if I totally surrender, he's going to send me to Africa. And we laughed because that's what we all think. But when we are totally surrendered and we say, God, would you open my eyes, open my heart, open my time so that when you bring someone who's in need into my path, I will be aware of it and I, I will be willing to do the things that aren't ritual, that aren't just here today and gone tomorrow. Lord, if you're calling me to do more and to help people in a way where it will be beneficial for them spiritually, emotionally, and for life, then God, help me to see that. And sometimes, Rachel, I think we can be overwhelmed when we think of think of giving in those terms. We don't want the commitment, the long-term commitment. But God is saying, you know, I call everybody into things for a season. So don't look at it as, oh, I don't think I can handle that for a week or a month or a year or five years or the rest of my life. Look at it as being obedient in the moment, doing what God is calling us to do. And I guess as we talk about this season of giving and helping those in need, I want to make sure that we are open to the call. Hey, may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.
Encouragement Cafe would like to send you our coloring book devotional for a gift of any amount. Find out how to get your copy at encouragementcafe.com.